and especially when you add up all those little gestures you do add up you do you do find yourself feeling like you're you're part of a movement and you're part of something that represents a sense of hopefulness and a sense of that we're not on our own in the world hi my name is vinay nair and welcome to reclaim social a podcast powered by lightful Reclaim Social started as a campaign in 2018 with an idea where we thought, what if we could make social media more positive? Since then, we've reached tens of millions of people, and this is just the beginning. On the Reclaim Social podcast, we talk to inspiring people who make the social media world more positive, one post at a time. So let's go. It's time to Reclaim Social. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reclaim Social podcast. Our first episode for the second season was recorded back in February, so this is the first introduction ever since coronavirus. So many things changed and we all feel the need to adjust. What hasn't changed though, and it has become more important than ever, is the need to listen to inspiring stories from everyday heroes. And this is what we're going to focus on for another season. Today we're talking to Dr. Amy Pollard, Director of Mental Health Collective a hub that unlocks the potential of social and collective approaches to mental health. We are also going to find out more about their Kindness by Post initiative, so I'm very excited for this. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure you share it with your family and friends. It feels like it's more important than ever to reclaim social for good. Enjoy the episode! Hello, Amy. Welcome to the Reclaim Social podcast. It's great to have you with us today, remotely, of course. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, I'd love to start learning more about yourself and your work. How would you present yourself in a minute, for example? Uh, So I am a social scientist uh, by training and um, I wanted to contribute um, in the mental health space. Um, So about 18 months ago, I set up Mental Health Collective to think about how we could approach mental health in terms of the social and collective uh, dimensions. and, you know, I think for, I've, I've had some really horrible times with mental health myself. Um, and one of the things that for me was so prevalent is, is, um, is feeling very alone. You know, you, you, when we think we're, we're falling apart, we, we do often feel alone, I think. Um, and so Mental Health Collective is, is working on finding new ways of coming together, new ways of, of connecting people, ourselves to each other, and to remind ourselves that we're not on our own in the world. And what's the idea behind the Mental Health Collective? How would you explain it to someone? So we are kind of a a hub for um, innovation and ideas and uh, new thinking on the social and collective dimensions of mental health and how we might um, develop some fresh approaches in that in that area. Um, So we've run like we've run a range of different projects. We've got a a really um, valuable training program which uh, works to ensure that uh, people who are held under the Mental Health Act are treated with dignity and and respect and to think that process through in terms of the the social side because so often people um, kind of recognize that when they're in crisis they do need that extra bit of help but don't feel like their humanity was was respected so we work with professionals um, to help them think through how they could um, give people that sense of dignity 
Um, yes, of course. Yeah, and then, you know, in another one of our programmes that we're really proud of and are taking forward at the moment in a coronavirus context is called Kindness by Post. And um, that's a kind of general public health um, intervention, which is available for, for everyone um, who has a UK postal address. And you can sign up to send a card or letter with a message of encouragement um, to someone you don't know in the UK and then have someone allocated to send a card to you. Um, so it's like a great big secret Santa for kindness, basically, where you have these. I love the idea. <laughs> it is super <laughs> lovely. It really is. And it's perfect it's... right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's I, I, I think, you know, there is loads of very thoughtful and um, interesting work going on in the kind of loneliness space um but so often it's either face to face which obviously can't operate meaningful so meaningfully in a in a covid context it's very challenging to do anything face to face right now um or it's digital you know with everyone talking on zoom or skype or you know that kind of that kind of thing which um isn't obviously it's a hugely valuable string to the bow but i think um one thing I've really realised is that the physicality of like holding a letter, holding a piece of paper that comes through your door, it's it really does feel magical for people. And it's so unusual to get real mail these days. Um, and at a time when we can't kind of be together in person, I think it, it's a kind of carrier of connection. And um, it makes you feel like there's a there's a human who's wanting to get through to you. Um, in a really different way so so yeah we're really proud to be able to offer something into what is obviously a, an incredibly difficult time for for so many of us I love this idea and yesterday and it's exactly what you've said it's also the physical aspect because there is that isolation right now and how we're all trying to figure it out and feeling that connection mm. feeling closer to somebody this way yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I've certainly um, found that some of the cards um, that I've received as we've done the exchanges over the years have 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 really been moving and have 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 spoken to me in a way that I, I didn't really realize I, I needed to hear at the time. And, you know, I've kept them. They're not the sort of things that you can throw away. And, you know, I have them sort of decorated around my study area. And it's funny how, you know, obviously someone sent that to kind of make your day but sometimes when a message really lands with you it, it's something that you want to kind of keep keep making reference to and it, it does feel quite yeah, special yeah and and lots of people who take part have, have reported I mean you know obviously it's a it's basically a kindness tombola so you can't guarantee what you're going to receive and 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 indeed you know um it's fallible human beings taking part so you there aren't guarantees in this project but um it, it does feel really special to receive something kind of out of the big wide world from a stranger. And it feels really special to send something too, I think. I think um, lots of the participants say that having that moment of trying to focus on really sending something positive and encouraging and um, hopeful to somebody else kind of helped them feel a sense of agency um at a time when they they might have been feeling quite powerless and they weren't able to do something do anything um and it helped them realize that you know the kinds of things that they might need to hear themselves you know and to, i think it's that's really interesting as well that to kind of to find that voice of calm and kindness within yourself and sometimes it's a lot easier to say something kind and calm and encouraging to somebody else than it is to say that to yourself yeah, that's true that's true and it was really encouraging to actually see that 
Kindness by Post got a lot of courage, uh, coverage during Mental Health Awareness Week, which is very important, especially <laughs> during lockdown. Yeah. Having to deal with it. Yeah, no, we were really, we were really, really pleased. And um, yeah, big shout out to my, my colleague, Cal Strode, who was, um, who was the, the mastermind behind our, our, our media and communications um, work. But, but no, we, we were so thrilled to, to get an article in the Evening Standard and, um, and also in the Glasgow Times, which was our, our first kind of major coverage from, from north of the border, which was, which is really wonderful. Um, and yeah, we've, been able to be on um, BBC Radio 2's uh, breakfast show with Vanessa Feltz and um, BBC Radio Cornwall and you know and and of course um, your great podcast too so you know we're really really hitting the bit the media big time basically. (laughs) I mean it's a great idea and it's really nice to be able to see how like people are taking to the next stage now the idea of the social and collective dimension as you said of mental health Mm -hmm. trying to adjust it in the context of COVID-19 so it's always great to find new ways to see people coming together, of course, remotely, but still being closer to others. Mm, mm, I think that's right. And I think, you know, of course, um, professional services are incredibly important and we need to make sure that those services are stronger and, and there for people, etc. And of course, you know, the self-help things as well that we can that we can do for ourselves to look after our mental and physical health. But what I feel is often missing is that that kind of being there for each other piece and you know the ways that we can come together and connect as a society in a different way to um to support each other and to create a, a kind of social environment which is um likely to produce better outcomes in terms of mental health i think that it's really lovely to um to be part of a kind of movement for connection and hope which i feel um it which is what this this kind of represents i mean it's a it's a small gesture to send a card um to a stranger and it's obviously a small thing to receive one too you know we wouldn't be presenting it as a magic bullet for anything but if you think about it you know a gesture is a is a small movement that you make with your body that that has a meaning you know it's a when you make a gesture it's something that someone else can interpret and say oh i know what you mean by that and I think that with this, it's a it's a gesture that similarly is meaningful for people. And, and especially when you add up all those little gestures, you do add up, you do, you do find yourself feeling like you're you're part of a movement and you're part of something that represents um a sense of hopefulness and a sense of that we're not on our own in the world. I definitely agree. And I'm actually wondering, what's the role of social media for kindness by post, but also, what are you seeing right now for the current situation? Yeah, I mean, for Kindness by Post, um, social media is a really valuable and important kind of part of it. So um, we encourage participants to post pictures of the cards and letters that they're sending and also the ones that they're receiving um, on Instagram or on other social media platforms that they use. And um, that is a really beautiful way to kind of get inspiration for um the, what you might put in your own card and um 
and also to to kind of just have that have that sensation of all the all the incredible stuff that that goes mm-hmm. back and back and forth and sometimes um people see you know the, the 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 card that they sent gets posted up on social media from the person who received it and you get to see that reaction of like what it meant for the person and that's so magical it's such a lovely such a lovely moment when people see you know their own card go up with a comment from from the person on how much it meant um so so that's really that's really lovely and I think in terms of that feeling of like being part of something that we're all doing collectively and it not just being a kind of individual send to individual kind of transactional arrangement but part of a a more relational um thing then it it makes it that's really helpful I mean I think more broadly in terms of social media um I mean it it's it's like any new any new sort of communication medium has a set of social and political economic kind of effects you know and if you look back historically um from you know the, the when newspapers were first invented back to the invention of the printing press and even to the birth of like writing itself so socrates argued that by teaching children to to read and write we'd be impairing their ability to re- recall things and impairing their their ability to re- retain information on their own and so every new communication technology comes with its own kind of concerns um because really communication it comes from the same word as community um and when you create a new communication mechanism you're effectively creating a new uh, way of doing community and so established communities who have a kind of status quo and investment um often feel a bit unsettled by that with with for perfectly reasonable um you know there's lots of plenty of logic behind behind that kind of feeling um but you know, I think you have to be sort of mindful of of the sort of risk of moral panic when it comes to just yeah. but also just kind of recognize that um when you're transitioning between one form of communication and one one burgeoning community and the last one, there's a slight there are definitely dangers and adjustments and new power plays that that come in within within that within that new context. So you know, I think um, at the moment we're very much in a sort of historical transition and a bedding in of 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 social media as a sort of new new norm. Um, and I would expect that over the next few years, as as people become more have have a greater um, mastery of of those mediums and a greater understanding, um, and as new generations come through who have who have taken to it as a sort of native language um you know things will things will start to shift and we'll have sort of greater clarity um and more nuance about about how we how we use these things i mean there's no question that they're very powerful tools yes i definitely agree it feels that it's something to look out and it's actually interesting to see how it evolves after this situation and hopefully we all learn to be more of digital natives as you've said yeah definitely and And if you you think about um you know uh you know the role that that it's having in enabling particularly younger um younger generations who who aren't able to be physically together in the moment it, it you know it's such a powerful outlet and a powerful channel to enable people to stay connected and to you know be part of the digital communities that they identify with and um 
and you still have ways of of being in touch in the in the current circumstances I think that's that's so valuable and there's definitely like historical continuities as well so for example with Instagram I mean people criticize it as a as a sort of parade of people you know showing off their um, their lifestyle and their attractiveness and the kind of one-upmanship and whatever but you know in some respects, that's not so different to like the historic, uh, the Victorian promenades, you know, where where younger people who were who were courting and who were looking to looking to find marital partners would would walk oh, up and down true. the promenade at the seafront and and you know see who was <laughs> see who you were there to see and be seen and you know obviously it's a different setup but it's not so it's not so different like those kind of fundamental human. Um, impulses to display yourself and to be seen by other people it's it's kind of um it's it's not a completely different kettle of fish yeah that's a fair point yeah and i'm actually curious um, on your side and your perspective how can we stay hopeful with a sense of belonging at the current situation linked with everything we've discussed up to now yeah i mean i think that i love um a quote from see if i can find his um his name is it oh hey cool hi I'm I've completely butchered that quote anyway he uh, there's a, a philosopher and writer who argues that hope is not about the expectation that everything's going to turn out positively it's the conviction that however things turn out it will be meaningful and I think it's that we need to hold on to it's the sense that whatever we're going through it won't necessarily work out better than it did before, but it will have meaning. And whatever we're going through, the meaning will come. And even through the pain and the confusion and, um, you know, the very, very hard lessons um, that that we're going to be experiencing over the next few days and weeks and months and years, looking back on it, looking back on it all, um, we will be able to, to, to find meaning in it. And that's what gives me hope. That's definitely very inspiring. And one last question on a more personal note. How do you take care of your mental health in the change of the situation? Um, I think for me, um, like firstly was recognizing that that was a really important thing to do and preempting um, before I kind of got into crisis, it became very clear that I needed to prioritize my mental health. And so I, I did the sort of, you know, boring, but very essential steps of, of t- getting more exercise, making sure I had enough medication, um, prepping my um, support networks to, uh, you know, to alert them that like it, this might be a more difficult time for me. So if I need to, you know, so it's OK if I reach out and to, for me to know that they're there was really important. Um and and also just practically going on a really strict news diet and a really strict social media diet. So um, my husband and I have been going on a kind of news blackout and um, we watch the six o'clock news together every night on the BBC. And then once we know what's going on, then that's enough. Like we're not constantly checking the newspapers all day long. Um, and I've definitely found that um I haven't actually needed to be up to date as much as I thought I did previously in terms of everything that's happening. Um, And uh, when I feel like more engaged with what's around me now and the, the steps I can take to 
you know, to be constructive and to look after my family and do the things I need to do, um, it's a lot better for me to focus on those small practical things in the day and not get too distracted by like the big wide world and just dip into the big wide world for a limited period um, and then and then shut, you know, shut the door and, and, and say that's enough. And I think being boundaried about that has been really helpful for me. I feel that is a great advice and it's definitely something we should all keep in mind on the news and social media diet at this current situation. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, you know, it's just about make, making sure you don't have a, too much of a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And we're about to finish and we're always finishing with uh, rapid fire questions. So pretty much I'm going to ask you three questions and you just need to answer them with whatever comes to mind. So no further thought. Okay. Is that okay? Of course. Perfect. So what's your all-time favorite book? Um, the Gender of the Gift by Marilyn Strathairn. Great. What advice would you give to your younger self? Don't worry. That's the best advice. <laughs> <laughs> Who could be on our next podcast? Anyone you would recommend? Uh, Jules Evans. Oh, he's, um, he's a philosopher and writer. Um, and I like his work for its um, mischievous, um and slightly alternative bridging of um spiritual questions around spirituality and uh mental health and stoicism and stuff that you don't you don't commonly hear within the mental health space Ooh, that sounds really interesting now mm. perfect well that was it thanks right. so much for joining Amy. That's hopefully pleasure, you enjoyed it yeah really good yeah lovely to lovely <laughs> to, great to you. yeah <laughs> and obviously we'll be in touch and keep an eye on kindness by post and mental health collective through social media and everything you're working on <laughs> thanks Teresa thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe to listen to more inspiring guests the Reclaim Social Podcast is produced by Lightful a technology company for social good We work with amazing charities and non-profit organizations and believe that those doing the greatest good deserve the best technology. If you want to find out more, visit www.lightful.com or follow us across social media. Thanks for listening.